Hey everybody, welcome back to Simply Soccer. I am your host Michelle Hooting, back with my co-host Christian Conway. Where I meet, where I am, might be cold, but the takes are still hot. Yes, and I've got my hot tea to keep me warm. Christian, I don't know how you're doing it because I am too SoCal for sleet and 36 degree Fahrenheit weather. I, I I will tell you, it's a lot. I'm in Milwaukee right now for a wedding, um, but it's a it's a wonderful day for a. For wedding i guess you know in terms of the weather but um it's a lot of cheese and a lot of uh of the the finest ales i can find from uh the finest milwaukee barley so we're doing our best but uh <laughs> it's a great way to yes end. sounds like your holiday is still going actually <laughs> oh i mean after the year we had for the galaxy i think we might we it, it, it was necessary i think yeah, that's a really good point. Here we are to review our forwards, and I feel like this is the most dreaded episode, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, there, there was, there was not a lot of meat on the bone. I, I think you know it's, it's interesting because we, when we, we think about this LA Galaxy team, obviously defense was was a very significant question due to the fact that you no, know, them defending in transition and the way that the defensive shape worked was was pretty poor. But I mean, you know, we we were talking about it right before I hit I hit record, which was. I mean, our leading goal scorers were like three goals each. Like, I mean, it was it was a brutal year on the forward line for the LA Galaxy. And I think that's something that, you know, it's it's it, this is an area of concern moving forward. Absolutely. And I think it it goes without saying, but Chicharito, I just feel so bad the way that things turned out with him. He has such heart. Um, you know, as a U.S. fan, he won me over and then for him to just be injured. And I know that when he joined this team, like that was the that was the naysayers, you know, first point was like, well, if he stays healthy, these are just things that are out of his control and that he became an advocate for mental health as a result. I feel like there's a lot of work that he did that he was able to accomplish in the behind the scenes. It's just too bad that we just didn't get out of him everything that we could have. Yeah. I think his career for the LA galaxy is going to, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head and you kind of beat me to the point of talking about his advocacy for mental health and especially the way that he did it, because I think there's a lot of people when it comes to advocacy for, for, for mental health, you know, as someone who suffers from, um, you know, an anxiety disorder and, and, and a little bit of a depressive disorder, you know, hearing him be as honest as he was about it. And it, it, it you know, you get scared to talk about it. And he was like, you know what? I'm laying all my cards on the table. This is what I'm going through. And, you know, you could tell he was working towards it. And and I I, I talked to um someone um because Midwesterners are incredibly friendly and they will be more than happy to talk to you at any given minute. And, you know, he was a, a, a Mexico fan. And he said like, look, you know, Chicharito, you know, it was always he carries the bench with him. He's always off the bench, you know, whatever. And I said, like, you know, I was kind of explaining how us as Galaxy fans, as you put it, kind of fell in love with him. And he was like, wow, that's actually really, really meaningful and moving. And it's like he was just, you know, so raw about everything that I, I think it really inspired a lot of people. That being said, we are not here to discuss, you know, Lifetime Achievement Awards. We're here to discuss the LA Galaxy. It, it did feel with Chicharito. And when they made when they when they made the move to move on from him, he never really fulfilled what what was he was sold on. You know what I mean? Like we were told we were getting, you know, a 15 gold, you know, seven assist guy. 
And he never really got there. I, uh, you know, partially through no fault of his own. I think, you know, some of the soft tissue injuries and, and of course the ACL tear that ended his season this year, that stuff you can't budget for. And again, we can talk about the structure of the teams that he was in where maybe they weren't the most beneficial. I think we're going to look back on his tenure in about, I'd say about 10 years time and look back on it favorably when we kind of consider both the body of work and the human, but you could just feel there was a block or there was something there that it just, it never happened for him here. And it, it and this happens again, this happens to players the world over, you know, you can point to so many careers where they went, you know, they made a move, they went to a club and it was all going to work out. And just for one reason or another, they never settled in and, you know, boom, they, it just doesn't work. I, I will say like the most kind of the most painful moment of the season for me was seeing Cheech's reaction when he tore his ACL in, in, in Salt Lake. Cause I think we all knew and he knew the minute he went down, this is it like th that. This is the last time we will see him in a galaxy Jersey. And, um, you know, I hope he, his career ends as well. I, I, you know, again, I agree with you as a U.S. fan. He won me over a lot. Um, and I hope that, you know, he gets a, a career end that he deserves because he is a, you know, his career speaks for itself. It is actually a very, very, very impressive career. You know, maybe six months at Chivas or something like that. But I, I it, he, you know, nine games, one goal, one assist, you know, like that, that stat line just you you read it and you kind of think to yourself how and again it speaks to the way this forward line just could not figure it out in any given moment during the season yeah i feel like we were just trying to replace chicharito for the rest of the season but then you know the la galaxy also is known for big names um even the rumors that are going around it's like you're looking at guys that are closer to 35. Um, I understand that, you know, age, you know, is just a number to an extent, but it plays a big factor with who you have as a forward, especially looking into 2024. Um, I mean, those age did play a part, but I mean, again, when these guys still got it, they, they got it right. But then we have Dejan Jovalich, who's young and spry and had, you know, I thought he was going to be the future of the galaxy. Then all of a sudden he tanks and then he gets an offer and the galaxy won't let him go. And I just feel like he did all he could. He's obviously, it's not even a slump anymore. It isn't working. And yes, he scored a few goals here and there and it felt really good, but it just wasn't the same either. He just, it just never worked out for him he never really I don't know what happened exactly but it just it also went belly up yeah you know I I think you look at I, I, you look at the the way that he plays and the the runs he makes and he, he is he is a very good forward like I let, let us not you know pretend that he he's not and I mean you know he does score goals like I mean he is efficient he's useful all those things I think he needs someone to play off of. And I think that's where he needs someone to take gravity for him. I, he reminds me a little bit of Jossie's artist very early in his career when Jossie would play off of, you know, a Keen or, or a Donovan figure who would absorb gravity in the sense of pulling defenders to them. And all of a sudden all the space would open up and it was just one pass and 
he would be on the back end of it and he would score, right? You know, like he needs someone to 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 draw the gravity of defenders in order to to make his what 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 his skill set is. He needs someone that can pull defenders into you know into awkward positions so he can use his toolkit of skills, which are very smart runs, very deft runs, very, you know. Uh, I mean, it, he he just yeah. I mean that he needs a little bit of some someone to help him out a little bit. Which there are a ton of great strikers that 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 is the case. Like this is that is not me ragging on him. It's just you know that's kind of how the way he operates. And I do think that you know obviously they are going to go out and you know it's been communicated that they're going to look for probably a hybrid forward midfielder as one of the designated player spots. It looks like. That's what they're doing with, you know, the, the pursuit of Solari right now. Uh, but they're going to go big. And I think that can only help Daniel Vlitch. I, I, I truly do. Uh, I think they view him as an asset. I think they view him as, you know, a kid that just had a bad season. And and again, he's young. That happens. You know, like <laughs> bad seasons happen. It is the reality of of, of the sport. It's the reality of, I mean, the, the 2023 LA Galaxy. I, you can basically sum it up by saying bad seasons happen. Um. But I, I do think he will be an important piece of this moving forward. And again, there's a reason there's there's offers being made to him in terms or to the galaxy for him in terms of moving him back to Europe. Because remember, we were in for him alongside Eintracht Frankfurt, who is a club that, you know, has won the Europa League recently. That is a very, very prominent club in the Bundesliga. You've got um, Sanatien, who their star has faded over the past years in France, but it's still one of like the well-regarded clubs for youth development. He chose us. Um, so I do think there is going to be, I'd see some changes with his, the way he plays and the way that he operates next year. But I do think, you know, he, he will have a lot of success moving forward in this club. Once he has a system around him that, has players that can leverage his certain skill set. I think we're going to be looking at him closer into the 10 goal range next year. I mean, he, he had a decent year, but he was forced into a lot of positions with especially Chicharito going down with the amount of injuries we sustained that made it awkward for him, I think, at times. And he had to be the guy when maybe it's he doesn't exactly feel comfortable with that yet. And I think that's where we're kind of like, how do we convince him that, you know, or how do you coax him into that role of like, hey, you're the guy. And that's going to be the big challenge coming up in the offseason for Vanny and co to to really just be like, look, we need you to score 15 goals next season. Can you do it? I think you can. And if you can give him that confidence and he can do it, you know, you have something there. Yeah, I think the main point is that the forwards need someone to play off of. I mean, as you were talking, I I just, you know, <laughs> all the plays are flashing back, right? And even I'm thinking of Ricky Pooj. I'm like, you just see a guy like that in the midfield and his amount of skill set. And then the players around him are trying or they just aren't at that level. And that's, I think, what is so frustrating because that's where... Douglas Costa and Tyler Boyd kind of come in, right? Like they're labeled as midfielders, um, but they're, you know, they obviously play as wingers and then they became our, our main forwards. And so before we get into Douglas Costa, cause I feel like that could be an episode in itself. Um, Tyler Boyd, I was so surprised like how well 
he did. I know well means three goals, <laughs> but, but he really did. I mean, when I saw Boyd up there, I, I mean, he made golosos, you know, and, and he almost seemed to create something out of nothing when you're talking about players having to rely on, on others, but they, he did just connect well with this team. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's really fascinating. Tyler Boyd, I think his career is fascinating and and how he he's gotten here, you know, obviously starting in New Zealand and then going to Turkey and then, you know, uh, spending a little bit of time in Portugal. Um, you know, I, I think obviously you have to make the deal happen, right? Like that is, that is the most important thing, but he, he's not a goal scoring winger. Like, I mean, he's, he's never been in his career, you know, only two goals for Bashik. That's why he was there. And, you know, he's not a guy that's going to, score you a ton of goals but he's going to generate a lot and i think you got to that um or at least you know made a very good point of of, of illuminating that is that he is going to I, I you know he's going to facilitate a lot and when you have a creator like him off the wing you have a creator like pooch in the center you know you're asking teams to pick how do they want to die you know like that, that is what that is what you're doing um and that's a good thing like we like that uh but I, I I mean, obviously they have to make the contract happen. Like I, I do think that is going to be one of those moments where you do really have to make this thing work. But yeah, I, I I think he's going to be if you if you think about the way the galaxy are going to line up next year with the way that they're indicating, it's going to be it, if if everything goes according to plan and rarely in international transfer windows, it goes according to plan. It'll be big name center forward, Solari on the opposite side of Boyd, and that forward trio looks pretty good to me because Boyd, I mean, just the way that he would get into dangerous situations. I mean, obviously the goals he scored were absolute stunners. I mean, he, he, he's got a banger on him. Um, but you know, he, his ability to, to find open space and to, I think it's something the galaxy have lacked for a very long time, which is someone that's willing to take a defender on and beat him on the dribble. And Tyler Boyd's more than happy to do that. And, he generally gets it right every time. Uh, you know, obviously you're not going to win every, you know, 50-50 going after the defender to try and beat him on the dribble. It's just not going to happen statistically. That's not possible. But he he always knew exactly how to unseat a defense, make himself useful, make himself available, and make himself effective. And I think that is something the Galaxy really relied on uh, when he ended up uh, there in the summer. I mean, they were... You know, he he just he, the galaxy looked more electric every single time he was on the field because he just was able to provide that battery that the galaxy were kind of lacking at times. Um, and I, I, you know, again, they need to get that contract over the line for next year. Like that is one of those like and we'll get into this later in the episode. That's one of those non-negotiables for 2024. They have to get Tyler Boyd's contract over the line. Yeah, um, looking at. Douglas Costa, I I understand the vitriol that went into criticizing him. Obviously, you know, it didn't seem like he was a part of this team or even cared. Um, but you know, I have to hand it to him, it was a little too late. But he he did step up and he did step in and you know, when we talk about where the creation is gonna come from, we talk about the skill set to be able to play off other guys and make things happen and and also to defend and take guys on. I mean, when Kosha was on his A game and giving it, he was a force 
to be trifled with. Like he would take guys on and make them look foolish. Like definitely made them like his skills, especially as a Brazilian really shown through and made everybody else look like amateurs. And that's, you know, what the galaxy needed, but you know, all the other systems not in place aside, it was just frustrating. I was like, this is who, this is what he had in him, but his like conduct, especially throwing, kicking a ball into, into the stands, like is never okay. Grabbing a dude for no reason and throwing him down. It's just like, you know, you can't have that, especially representing not just MLS, but any, any team, uh, but especially as LA Galaxy fans, like that's that's not the kind of players that that we have that we are. But um, you know, his personal life aside, I'm I'm glad that he's done though because that was never going to keep working. I agree, and and I I think you 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 nailed it in terms of the conduct issue, right? And I mean, when it became very. <laughs> You know, the thing is, it could have worked and it should have worked, you know, if he had come to the galaxy and and really delivered what we saw near the end of the season, because I because near the end of the season, I mean, he was unplayable at times. Right. You know, just the, the, the dribbling, the ability, the speed, the the way he regulates, you know, going fast and going slow then going fast again to unseat a left back or a right back, you know, his ability to to pick out a pass, you know, off the wing and. And and his free kicking, or you know, his free kick taking is is pretty top notch. You know, all these things are incredible assets to have for a team. And he bought in near the end, but he, I think he only bought in near the end because it was very clear when Will Koontz came into the team, when Chris Klein was fired, when all of that happened, that he was not going to be there anymore at the end of the year, right? And so what do you do as a player is you, you know, make sure that your contract is still valid because again, sports in general, and especially in soccer is a, what have you done for me lately industry? And Douglas Costa was trying to convince everyone that he's very good because he did a lot of good lately. The problem is again, as you said, it was too late. Uh, you know, I just, I agree with you that he would, he would be considered a senior leader in that locker room and just the conduct in terms of, the red cards he got in terms of the fouls he would take it, almost petulant childlike behavior at times. It became a little grating for me. And you look at his resume and you look at everything that he's got, you know, he Bayern Munich, Juventus, top clubs in Brazil, like MLS should be a lock for him, right? Like MLS should be, especially in an attackers league, like this should, you know, he should have been, MVP three years running, but because of that personality stuff and because it, he wasn't bought into the project until I'd say about July of this year, we didn't really get anything out of that. And and I agree with you that it, it was, it was right to move on and, and they should have moved on earlier, activated the buyout and just said, you know, honestly, we're going to take short-term pain for long-term gain, but yeah, you know, I, that his tenure is going to be weirdly judged in when, when you know we're all old and the end of the universe is coming you know like his galaxy tenure is going to have a very weird judgment on it because you could see it like that was the, that was what was so frustrating about kushta is that you could see it right like you could see the moments when it was like oh yeah like oh okay yes this is good you know like like this can work like why don't you do this every week and then he would go the next week and you know as you said 
get himself sent off or just completely sky a chance or yelled a referee or something like that. Get suspended for a week, post some photo on Instagram about him being in Mexico on vacation. And then the next week come back, score two goals. And we're just like, okay, we're, we're, we're starting the cycle back again. Right. Like, I mean, it was, it was entirely that. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed in the way that the Costa experiment went because I had such high hopes and I, I was definitely one of those people that when they signed Douglas Costa, I was like, look at the resume, look at what he's accomplished. This is massive. And just, again, the galaxy missed another signing and that's just been a byline of the past 10 years is on paper, this should work. It never pans out in the way that it is. Yeah. Um, then the surprise, I think the pleasant surprise was Billy Sharp. Um, not only did he have a catchy chant, <laughs> he, he really stood out and I feel like he did become a leader on the team. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think Billy Sharp was a huge boost to that forward line because when they lost Chicharito, it was, you know, obviously Daniel, who was, was tasked with carrying the line. And I think just, he got tired, you know, to be quite honest, he, he's never been a guy that had to be the leader and lead the line at that age. Like that's tough. And that wears on you if you've never done it before. And Billy Sharp, I think, became a leader in the locker room. But he, I mean, he wasn't, he was an incredible asset. I mean, just the, the energy that he showed in terms of, you know, being willing to make the run, to make the defensive run, to make the, you know, maybe a hopeless ball run, but at least, you know, in, just in case something happened, he would be there. And I mean, the goals he scored, I mean, they were, they were typical striker goals. And he, sometimes, you know, the simplest way is the best way. And I think, you know, it's a bummer the way it ended from all indications it ended pretty acrimoniously i would say but i i think it was a the time with him was a fascinating like little bit of a a, of time because you know you saw the quality you saw the talent and you know i i wish him nothing but the best in england and you know i i think no galaxy fan has any animosity to him you know it's just it's a business at the end of the day and you know yeah i i really hope it, it goes well for him as he kind of comes to the close of his career but it was really fun to have him in that second half of the season where it was just like, alrighty, nothing's working. Throw on Billy Sharp, we'll figure it out. And he was more than happy to be a part of that. Yeah, he definitely embraced his role. And, um, you know, you made a really good point of the wear and tear that this team took um, in all positions, but particularly the forwards. I think you're right that they had to take on a lot more than than they should have. Um, I, you know, you have to play as a team. Everybody should should carry everything. But we know that it tends to lean on one or a few players the last couple of years. And so going into 2024, that is something that is going to have to, to change for sure. And again, it depends, you know, what guys they get. Um, another one that's moved on now that was also just kind of a, you could depend on him as a subs, Preston Judd, and, you know, just coming in through the pipeline and just the potential that he had. And it's just, you know, you you were rooting for him, for sure. And once again, it was just one of those things that just did not pan out. The Galaxy 
for you know the way that everyone had hoped yeah i think preston judd is a bit i think they wanted to keep him but he's a bit of a casualty of the the, the new regime in terms of the decision makers in terms of Koontz and his team they need space they need you know cap space they need you know allocation money space they need all sorts of things and just there have been a lot of players that they've looked at and said honestly we'd love to keep you but you're surplus to requirements right now uh and I, I think Preston Judd fell afoul of that because it's kind of looking at you know I, I have the LA Galaxy first team roster website up and looking at you know the lack of players and you know the size of this roster they prioritize flexibility over everything you know and and, and I, I think that's a good thing like I I really do but I think yeah Preston Judd had a very good year uh I think he will have success in San Jose as much as that pains me to say considering my opinion of the earthquakes but I, I just think, yeah, again, he he fell kind of victim to this concept of we are completely shaking everything out, you know, like out with the old in with the new. The old regime doesn't exist anymore. If you were a part of it, you're gone. He's one of the ones that I think I would have liked to have kept. I, you know, I saw a lot of value in him and, you know, he's 6'3", so sometimes it's just good to have a battering around <laughs> at the nine. Um, but yeah, I think it was it was he was always going to be on the fringe. And, you know, Will Koontz and his team basically looked at it and said, look, you know, we can we can have flexibility because, you know, they have two designated player spots to play with. They have a ton of allocation money to play with. We've seen from the moves that were made early in the year or I guess late in the year, but earlier that Will Koontz is more than happy to make deals in MLS because he knows the value of certain MLS players. They might be looking at that. You know, obviously the the player that kind of sits long in the tooth on this one is Miguel Barrios. Um who, you know, obviously didn't have an incredibly beneficial Galaxy career. I don't think he got a lot of chances. But, you know, Michael Berrios, again, a player that is a reliable MLS lifer, and I was completely convinced we were going to keep, he's going to go because you're going to get allocation money of him. You're going to get stuff. And I think that's that's what they're looking at right now, you know, is how do we optimize and, and leverage and just – you know, if, if someone comes and offers you whatever we got, which I think was something like $150,000 in allocation money for Preston Judd, you take it because you need that optimization. He is going to have a successful MLS career. You know, he's going to be a bit of a journeyman, but I do, you know, I'm grateful for his time with the Galaxy. I'm bummed that he's at San Jose because, you know, San Jose is a direct rival and I'm going to have to root against him. But I, I just think he was deemed surplus to requirements and I agree with that. Yeah, and we have a sick history of our players moving on and then scoring against us. So, hey, well, I mean, I'm not. <laughs> like, well, Landon Donovan went to San Jose and then came to the LA Galaxy and things were successful. So, I'm just, I'm not saying they're the same player, but I'm saying it could happen again. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I'm glad for San Jose giving us Landon Donovan. That, that is the number one thing, right? I think we're still, oh. I think we're, st I think we're still paying off that debt considering the past 10 years. I know, right? Like, what is this? That's what I was thinking, too. I'm like, okay. I know we keep joking about this, but no. The brujeria is real. I need everybody to take out their chicken eggs and their sage and, like, their candles and do their dance because this 2024 season has to be better. Um, when you look at the growth that's happening in the league and who our new competition is and who our old competition is, it's like the Galaxy not only need to stay relevant, I want to... I'm always 
proud to represent this team, obviously, but it gets hard to, you know, have to take the banter and, and, and just, it's real. Like, you're just like, yeah, I have to admit, this is why we have a podcast, right? <laughs> like, I have to admit when my team sucks and, and why it sucks and, and the struggles and, you know, the hope that we carry on this podcast for, for this club. And, you know, with a lot of the changes that have been made, I mean, I know we joked right before hitting the record button that, you know, if we could get rid of Klein twice, we would just because of some things that have come out, um, you know, and you're seeing like, again, other guys like to closely go off and be successful in other positions. So, you know, the moves that are being made, this is where it starts. This is what it looks like. You know, I, I just want the pieces to start to fit and start moving along. Like, you know, the gears moving in place. I mean, for lack of a better analogy as a well-oiled machine, I feel like this team has missed that. And I don't know if the, these players need to go on a field trip. I'm serious, like to bond more because I also feel like, you know, when you look at past teammates, these guys would seem like they enjoyed hanging out. They seemed like they enjoyed playing. Like this wasn't just, you know, part of being a team. It was like genuine. And that's what I feel like has been missing. Like there's just something that maybe it's the coaching side. I don't know. But hopefully with these changes that, you know, you start seeing guys happier to be on the team. Yeah. I think 2024, as we get, you know, what three four days away from it is going to be a critical year for the galaxy and and you know you look at a club and you look at the galaxy's history you know we look at 2008 2009 that period is being incredibly critical to the galaxy this i would argue 2024 is more critical than it's ever been for this team because there is a lot on the line next year in the sense of Will Koontz has to hit on every signing he makes. Like, there is no room for error at this point in time. Greg Vanny has to hit every coaching decision he makes. You know, like, I mean, on the business side, they have to make every decision right now because the fan base and the season ticket base especially is either some shade of angry, apathetic, you know, or just, you know, not motivated. And... I think they have to be 110%. I mean, they have to nail every decision from here on out. And that's not just on Will Koontz. That's on every part of that front office. And you look at, again, you mentioned all the other clubs that have come into MLS over the past 10 years. Keep in mind, the last time the Galaxy were involved in an MLS Cup final was 2014. We're approaching the 10-year anniversary. Like, there is a lot here. And this is a franchise that that does not happen to, right? Like, the longest drought we had was, I believe, like four years before that. So I do think they 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 are facing an immense amount of pressure from all angles. They can do it. I think they can because we've talked a lot and, and to kind of bring it home over the past couple of weeks is we've talked a lot about building blocks, right? And we've talked a lot about how do you build the foundation to then fill in the spaces that don't exist and then create a winning mentality and a winning project. There's building blocks here. Like there are a lot of building blocks here. You look at, you know, I mean, for example, in this episode, we've talked about Tyler Boyd. That's a building block. You know, last week we talked about Rikwi Pooch. That's a building block. 
uh, Gaston Brugman, that's a building block. Defense, Jalen Neal, Maya Yoshida, you know, those are building blocks. You have them. The question is filling in what's around those sort of building blocks. And I I do think they have to get everything right. There is no margin for error this year. And I do think, you know, maybe I'm talking in two terms or two firm of terms of black and white, but I think in previous years, we haven't done that strong enough. And now we are, we find ourselves in this situation because there is a very real world where they are just going to absolutely lose relevancy. And if, 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 if this does not go right next year, there is going to be a lot of, you know, because this, all the scapegoats are gone, right. You know, Klein's out, you know, Vanny would be out if 2024 goes South. Who's to be blamed except for management, maybe Beckerman, Yovan, like, I mean, those are, but you know, again, there is a ton of pressure around this team right now. Now, can they do it? I have no questions in my mind. They can like looking at the where they're going after Solari and the numbers that are being thrown around. And it's the Argentine media, which means I don't exactly believe them to be true at any given minute because they always exacerbate, um, exaggerate things. But if they're willing to go out and spend $10 million on a winger, I mean, they're in, like they are invested and he, you know, a 22, 22 year old winger that is, you know, is good. Like, previous galaxy teams wouldn't do that so i do think they they have a sense of we've got to go big and we've got to go hard the problem is it i get frustrated with the sense of why did it take this long when you look at atlanta when you look at lafc when you look at charlotte when you well charlotte's probably not a great example but you look at cincinnati this year you look at a lot of these uh, austin they all knew it from the jump why did it take us 10 years to figure it out and so that's why I think there's a ton of pressure on this front office, which is there's a lot of people that feel that way, that feel like, okay, why is it taking us, you know, this long to get to this point? And there's a lot they've promised. They're going to have to deliver. I think that first signing that Will Coons makes, makes you know, well, the first big one, he's going to have to nail it. I mean, it has to be a slam dunk signing, like huge. And if that does not go well, that's a worry for me. But I think, you know, knowing Will Koontz and looking at his resume and looking at everything that has ha, he, he did at LAFC, I, I trust him. I just am concerned that the malaise around the organization, even if people have been removed, is still so deep that it might permeate a little bit. But... Yeah, I mean, they they just have to nail everything this this upcoming year. They don't really have an option. Yeah, that's a really good point because they keep taking out. It's almost like, and I hope this doesn't come off as like too dire and dark, but, you know, it's almost like they keep putting in transplanted organs, right? And like, I don't know, for whatever reason, they're just not working out. They're not, they're just being rejected. And then like you said, then you look and then there's an infection, you know? And that's the way that it, it feels like it's been and in this club and you know it gets hard to explain away it gets hard to defend and uh i mean look i'm not a fan of vanny right now but i feel like too too many changes at once like you know getting rid of vanny i don't think that that's the way that you're going to see a successful season um i think we've talked about this that vanny is an integral part to this club's success right now and you know, I'm, I'm hoping for the best for him. Um, 
not just for our success, but just because of the way that he came in to take over this club. I feel like on paper and everything that he said, you know, why, why hasn't it been working out? Like you said, why is it taking so long? Um, I mean, there have been fans who have echoed, you know, oh, it's AEG. It's like, like there's a bigger problem than we even think there is, but we have to look at what is realistic and what can actually happen. You know, when you're looking at this roster, um, as long as, you know, like um, Yoshida was out with Ahsoka last night and they were saying, well, he's another player that's like over 30. And, you know, if a dude is an MVP, right, um, there's even rumors that we can get Lewandowski. These are guys that are still, that, despite their age, are still in their prime and can still be make things happen on 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 the pitch and that's that's what the galaxy need um yeah there's always going to be some kind of leadership issue there's always going to be you know administrative front office what have you but when it comes to these guys having the heart and putting in the work and making those connections that's that's where i think you know, where's our, like you said, the Robbie Keane and the Landon Donovan connection? Where's our Alan Gordon? Where's, you know, I don't want to keep living in the past, but there were things about these players that even when Jonathan Dos Santos was here, you know, um, Sasha Kleshin still talks about this club. You know, he's a commentator, but he talks about this club with such fondness and the times that he spent here. And that's what we, that's what I need. That's what I want to see. I want to see who's going to be, you know, the leadership, who's going to be taking on the media, um when when things go south you know because you're gonna have you're gonna have a rough start you know the first game for la galaxy is inner miami yeah i think that the galaxy can hold up and that's another episode that's coming but let's say you know we don't win that home opener and you can't have that doom and gloom i mean christian always says that he's got to see five games before we can really make an assessment then you have the summer window there's like this isn't it's not over before it's even begun you know yeah, I agree. I think it's a mentality issue amongst the club. And and I, when I say it's a mentality issue amongst the club, I don't necessarily mean the players. And, I, and I'm not, I, I, I do think the players feel it because if you, you bid around the athletes and you, you get to know them, th- they feel wins and losses in a way that's very different than I guess fans do. Uh, but it's just, I think that it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at times with the club right now. And I'm hoping that a full year of, you know, new leadership and all that uh, new ideas and, and and all that other stuff is going to kind of break that cycle. But it did feel like, again, that that was the big conversation that I think you and I had all year, which was where are the leaders on this team? Like who is going to step up and say, look, it's not good enough. We know, you know, because we kept hearing about these closed door meetings, you know, with, with no media access, you know, with Vanny not being involved or, you know, with just, just the players and, you know, I think they had like six or seven of them this year. And at some point, someone's got to come out to the media and say like, or to us as, you know, I guess media um, as gas bags um, and basically say, look, you know, here's what we talked about. Here's how we feel. It's not good enough. Here's how we're going to, you know, here's the roadmap. They they haven't had anyone come out to the media and, 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 and do that. And I think that's, that's something that I think speaks to a deeper cultural problem within the LA galaxy. And that's, Again, the when I go back to the point that 2024 is the most critical year of the LA Galaxy's history, 
It really is because they need someone to basically address the culture of the team. They don't have a Bruce Arena right now. You know, they don't have a Landon Donovan. They don't have a Robbie Keane. You know, they, they, or if they do, we don't know who they are. And that's kind of a problem. So I think, you know, obviously they have people in that locker room, like Mayo Shida, who I, from every sense I get, he's a bit of a quieter character. So he's not going to be the guy to come out and, you know, rollick the team pretty hard. Um, but, you know, they need someone in that locker room and in that front office to basically get on the desk and be like, this is not acceptable. And I don't think it's hyperbole to say 2024 is the most critical year the Galaxy have faced pretty much in their existence. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that we've been able to keep LAFC at bay. You know, it really helps to have won that game at the Rose Bowl and... You know you, who who can really complain when you're playing against Messi in, right? ter- in terms of in terms of the Rose Bowl game and in terms of mm-hmm. LAFC, have we won the battle or have we won the war? Because I think that's a very important distinction. Because we've won a couple battles, I don't know if we've won the war. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, but you know, is the war ever going to be really over? That's the other thing. You know, I I don't want to lose to LAFC to the point where it's like, oh, Galaxy are irrelevant. It's already feeling that way, you know, when you look at, like, which jerseys are selling and, you know, who's being represented on merch and all this stuff everywhere throughout the city. And, yeah, I I mean, you know, it's not just about LAFC, though, is my point. Because I did, I did feel like the Galaxy got too lost in in that rivalry as well like putting such a fixation on it when it's like well there's so many other teams you know especially like I keep pointing to Miami you know that are that are contenders now that that can overtake this league that are already jacking up the prices ridiculously and so you know as an MLS fan it's like you're really happy that the league is growing but then you also remember how it used to be <laughs> and so yeah, I just want I just want the Galaxy to be more than contenders. I want them I don't want playoffs to be the only goal. I understand that that it has to be that way because there's only one way to build this team back up, but you know, it's very quickly that the Galaxy are not going to have the most they're not going to be the most decorated team pretty soon, you know, if we don't start winning trophies again. I agree. And and let me because I play the eternal optimist and and I I don't like being negative before the end of the year i do think there are there is enough here and with will Kuntz having what clearly has been you know given a mandate to spend i do think there's a lot here where playoffs is not just a dream it is expected and they will be competitive i do think you look at the, the building blocks they're not going to lose six starters to injury next year that just that is such a a wild thing to happen to a team that, you know, you can play that off. And I think you also look at the starters they lost. They were all highly critical starters. They're going to bring in new people. You know, they're going to assess everything that's going on. This is going to look different, but it's going to look different in a good way. And I do think with the, the building blocks we have, 2024 is going to be a good year for the galaxy. I truly believe that because I, I just, I look at the, the profile of player they're targeting the 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 energy around the club the, you know the statements we're getting in the media 
you know, the fact that, you know, Will Koontz is, is going on every podcast and basically kind of saying like, look, you know, if it's not good by April, come and talk to me. Like my door is open. That accountability and that, um, that openness is, it has not been around the club for a very long time and it changes things, right? It, it you know, it used to always be that whenever things were bad or things were going wrong, you know, and especially Vanny last year or uh, last season in 2023, you know, it was always, it, it was always met with like derision or anger or, you know, whatever have you, when your GM is basically coming out and saying like, you know, honestly, if, if we're not, we're not good in, you know, May, June, knock on my door and we'll talk, you know, and, and, and that's, I think that that is an incredible amount of accountability. And I think it also changes the way that the club operates. And I think that's critical uh, in today's day and age, um, that accessibility, but also that, that willingness to basically say, look, it's on me. And and maybe Will Koontz is the guy that we needed for all these years where, you know, yes, he's a brilliant soccer mind and he's a brilliant sports mind, but he's also just a really good guy. And he's willing to say like, look, you know, all right, it's on me. You know, I'm, I'm willing to put my, you know, my neck out and, you know, if it goes badly, then yeah, I'll take it. But if it goes well, you know, like I'm glad to have built it. And I think that that makes me very, very optimistic for 2024 in the sense of, this is the first time in a very long time we've heard someone come out and basically say it in just blunt terms. Like, all right, you know, let's do this. Like, you know, if, if you guys are pissed off then I totally understand and we're going to change it. And I, I think we, we never got that from previous regimes. You know, we never got that from, you know, Chris Klein. We never got that from, you know, other coaches. It's refreshing, but it also, I think indicates that, you know, Will Coons is willing to say like two people in the front office, we got to change the culture around here a little bit. And I think that's, that's a very good sign. Yeah. Accountability is really important and and shifting that culture, I, I think is another really good point. Um, yeah. We always keep it real here, but we also maintain that, that optimism. And I understand how hard it is for fans to keep that hope when it's like for a decade now, um, almost that, this team this team has been letting us down you know and and that the fo has let us down but i think that you can see the real change and i don't again it's genuine you know that the things that are coming out from will Koonson and vanny and so i really think that 2024 is not just critical but it's the it's the year I think that we needed that we've kind of been waiting for, you know, we keep talking about building up years and, you know, bringing up kids from the pipeline and, and what have you and, and growing. And this is what it looks like. It's the growing pains, right? This is, this is the season where I think I can't wait to see more. I have to see more is what I keep saying about the players on the roster. So to be able to say like, I want to see it, we get to see it. I need to see it. I think that those are really something to get up for to go to these games to to keep track of this team to keep going to watch parties and and listening to the podcasts and and what have you so it's it's going to be a great season and I'm really looking forward to it like no matter what happens yeah I'm excited and um I guess since we're wrapping up I just want to say first off um if you joined us on this journey uh, that we call Simply Soccer this year for season five, which is ridiculous, um, thank you so much. I know 
I, I speak for myself, but I definitely speak for Michelle when I say we are so grateful. Um, it's been a long year, but we've we've enjoyed every minute, and um, I I I always enjoy uh hearing you guys talk and and your input and your thoughts. It's it's always really fun for me, and um, I'm really grateful. And if you haven't come said hi, I'm I, I promise I don't bite unless you know you want me to, in which case weird. Um, but yeah, thank you for uh listening to us this year, and and thank you for uh. For supporting us for giving us you know five stars and on and on your podcast app and 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 supporting us i'm so excited for the new year we have a ton of really cool stuff planned um that we 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 should have done years ago but we are we're finally getting to um but yeah so i just i wanted to add that little bit of gratitude as we uh we enter into the new year yeah absolutely and i just want to piggyback off of that um obviously a second everything that that christian has said but what I've been most impressed with when I meet fans is actually how many are word of mouth and how many are like, oh, no, I'm not really on social media, but, you know, I listen to you guys and and to share that with their family, with their friends. It's it's immense. And, you know, I shared some of the stats, but really, I know that when I meet people and we get recognized at the stadium, um, what it means to to everyone. And so thank you so much for, you know, giving us the continued space and letting us know what you want to, what you want to hear from us and what you want to see. So we are definitely going to be producing more content and ever the more grateful to all the fans. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'll, yeah. Uh, just really excited. And uh, I'm, I'm very confident 2024 is going to be a very good year for the LA galaxy. Um, which you can clip this when it's a horrible year for the LA Galaxy in 2024. But um, yeah, no, I'm I'm just I'm excited for the new year. I'm excited to uh, it's it's hit that little excitement bit of just like oh man, the off season sucks. You know, like I'm so excited for to get back and to be in the stadium on that first day, even if it's going to be an absolute nightmare. Um, with with all the messy fans, uh, I'm just excited to get back with with all my Galaxy friends and family and and uh, enjoy another wonderful season of, of being an LA Galaxy fan. Yeah, stay tuned. We'll definitely preview the upcoming games, and there's preseason on top of that. So this is going to be uh, a thrill. It's it's going to be more that we get to be a part of. I can't wait to go to Coachella. Sorry, Goldchella. That's my bad. Goldchella. <laughs> stay tuned. We'll talk to you soon. Have a happy new year, and uh, hope your holidays were well.